What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? I am back for a Pride Edition podcast episode with two of my good friends, John and Kit, who are visiting New York right now from L.A. What's up, bitches? Hey! Hey, Thanks for having us. And thus, rainy-ass fucking day. I know, it is pouring cats and dogs out there. I'm very hashtag victim. I want the New York sun to come back. There is no such thing as New York sun. It's gloom, always, or rain, or it's (laughs) shitty. And that's why... And pale. Well, then we're getting that authentic New York experience. Yeah, oh my gosh, welcome. let's get a slice of pizza. Let's... No, I actually was going to bring us a pie here because I was so fucking hungry. And then I was like, you can't chew on this thing right now because we would sound like trash. Oh, so oh somebody yeah. probably has a fetish for that specifically. Like no. you, ASMR podcast pizza eating. Alaska I've actually done that before. ate on her podcast with Willem on Alaska and Willem's podcast. And the viewers what were they eat? not having it. I don't even know what it was. A sandwich, a salad, something. But they got a lot of it? backlash. <laughs> Sounds like trash. <laughs> Cute. No, I feel like some people get like, what's the weirdest thing someone's ever asked you in terms of like what they wanted you to send? I've had people like want me to send like my toes spread. Oh, sexually? Like, anything. Oh, Just like, okay, I've okay. had people ask to like me to eat chicken nuggets and like send them a video of like me eating chicken nuggets because they were like turned on by it. So like, what's the weirdest request you've ever gotten? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to think back. I can't. You don't get those requests as much? Oh, yeah, I mean, like, definitely the DMs, you're right. I mean, I definitely have had, like, people ask for everything under the fucking sun on Instagram. Will somebody write to you and say, like, will you shit on me? It's nice to meet you. <laughs> well, that's like what a normal... What content yeah. suggested no, that trash. I might want to shit on you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> There's very rarely a greeting, a how are yeah. you doing? No, it's always it's apropos of nothing. straight to show me your dick. Show me your dick. Here's my dick shit on me. Always. Literally. <laughs> In that exact order. <laughs> but do you like do you get question the mark, messages question mark <laughs> question mark question mark why aren't you responding why don't you respond to me yeah no literally I live it but do you get that as much in a relationship oh absolutely yes. every day yes yeah so yes. like without nightmare. a doubt you guys wake up to a dick pic every day inbox nightmare absolutely do you answer them or how do we stop like, no I choose, like I, I kind of view it and I, this is going to sound a little condescending but I do think that you sort of train people to um, interact with you how you want to be interacted with so like even in comments if somebody leaves a really lascivious comment about you nipples or whatever the fuck they're trying yeah. to say I will never ever respond to that I won't like it I'll ignore that person if somebody writes to me oh I watched your show I will always write back to them always like you make Even a point the, yeah. to go through all those Absolute comments and fucking lutely I feel you know, that if I, if, I, if I don't I slip up and I apologize but I have an intention set in my head to always interact with people who are approaching me with some sort of like response to my show because they like appreciate your work they took the time to watch my show they yeah. took the time to find me and reach out to me about it I, I owe them the time if I have it to respond and then, John, what would you say? It depends on the dick pic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm very also aware of the fact that my mom and my grandma follow me on Instagram. Yeah, His but they don't see your DMs. Googles our Instagram oh, yeah. every time. My mom doesn't have Instagram, which means there's no way to block her. Ooh. So what she does is she Googles my name. She told me this. She Googles my name every day. What? Kit Williamson Instagram. Does she have Google alerts of your name, you think? I don't think she is that savvy. Okay, she hasn't she, got there yet. She doesn't even have the wherewithal to 
like right into this like bar instagram.com <laughs> forward slash kit williams and be very easy to do that no she tells me she googles kit williams and instagram finds it that way and monitors my behavior so when i posted my butt one time in whistler i got a phone call the next was morning she not from thrilled about it? she just had some words of, of oh. warning yeah she had some words of warning i don't know if anybody will take me seriously as a lawyer in mississippi after this this is what Great she is. Great to know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, she's mortified. Well, what was it like growing up in Mississippi then? Oh, it was really challenging for me. I, I definitely was born into a state that was not ready for me, and I wasn't ready for it. So I, I kind of knew very early on that I needed to you know, beat a, a trek out of there. And I had a lot of different escape strategies. I studied Japanese for two years to get accepted to our exchange program in Okinawa uh-huh. that my school had. And then I got to a boarding school in Michigan instead to study acting and writing. I did that instead. But Was alternate... Michigan more accepting than Mississippi, though? Certainly Interlochen Arts Academy. It was totally I guess this that little would make, gay yeah. refuge. Every like There were more probably gay men than there were straight men. Straight people at that yeah. point. Yeah. And then, John, what about you? I was very lucky and grew up in Minnesota, which is a perfect place. <laughs> to be gay, I would never think that. I would think Minnesota and want to run. Well, I mean, that said, I did not come out until I was a senior in college in North Carolina. So okay. I absolutely could have come out in Minnesota and it would have been fine. There was a guy in my class in high school who came out, I think, our junior year. And he ended up being on the homecoming court like he had a lovely life. My <laughs> family has been nothing but lovely. I was still scared to do it. I mean, it was the 90s. Yeah, it was a simpler time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No social media at that point. Right. Thank God. Well, speaking of the 90s, you want to tell uh, Jeff what your dad did when you came out? Oh, well, I had a very like pop culture coming out moment where I was sitting with my mom and she was playing Tetris and we were watching The Mirror Has Two Faces starring Barbara Streisand. And I was Cute. like, the next commercial break, I must come out to my mother. So I did. And then my dad came downstairs and I was like, well, now I must also come out to my dad. Was your mom's reaction just like, don't tell dad? Or was she like, no, no, she was great. She was totally great. Love you so much. Love you no matter what. And then dad came down. I was like, well, dad, I just told mom I should tell you I'm gay. And he's like, well, Let's make Cosmos, <laughs> which was great. Wait, that's because so cute. Sex in the City was, you know, hot on the airwaves. He wanted to bring me some Kim he Cattrall knew energy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome. Real lucky, you got real sweet, good parents. Wow. Yeah. No, my parents didn't give a fuck. They were just like Jeff. We knew, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad we don't have to have this conversation. <laughs> my like, parents were totally blindsided. It did not go well, and it was. Bad. As you have nail polish on right now, so I you must have come a long way. Come a long way, baby, <laughs> and they've come a long way, and we're really close now. And it was a trying couple of years because it just completely threw my mom, especially for a loop. But it really made us stronger and closer as a family. Do you eventually. have siblings? I've got an older sister, and she. I came out to her years before. She was awesome. She took me to. She was a, a freshman at Tulane in New Orleans, and I was uh, at fifteen. And I went and visited her, and she took me to a gay bar, snuck me in to the Bourbon Street Pub, opened a science textbook uh, textbook in the corner, and told me to go mingle. Oh, yeah. So I had my first kiss sitting on a trash can at the Bourbon Street Pub when I was fifteen. I'd want to say I'm surprised, but then I'm kind of not. <laughs> Does <laughs> that make sense? Right? 
I, yeah. I mean, I had a whole persona. Like, I was so, like, in drag as somebody else. Like, I, I had convinced myself that the only way I could occupy that space was if I pretended to be a freshman journalism major at Columbia. Oh, artsy. Yeah. Okay. Really, I, I had a whole backstory. Like, educated. Yeah, educated, artsy, gonna change the world, gotta be a journalist. You kind of, like, did, though, right? I was a journalist for a little bit. I mean, in whatever way I can claim that as, like, an amateur, I wrote for the like the local liberal alternative news weekly in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I was a staff writer for them for one summer in high school. Okay, I think that counts. Yeah, it counts. Yeah, I it think counts. yeah. There's articles out there about yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, by me. Yeah. So the thing I love about you two is that aside from being like super fun and we can be messy and go out on Pride and live our best lives, you guys are like hustlers. You know what I mean? Like I feel like both of you have had so many different jobs you've worked on so many different projects and like every time i talk to you you have like a new hustle you know what i mean like whether it's a real job or then you quit that because you want to start this venture and now you're funding money and i'm like dude i don't know how the fuck you guys do it it's so confusing but the it's like awesome is real the struggle is real you got it you're like we're like sharks and you have to keep swimming do you guys have like an end game like what's like big picture goals like where you see yourself and like what you really want to like do I, I think that those have really come into focus in the last couple of years i mean for me i definitely realized through making Siders that my end game is to be a television show creator and showrunner okay. i want to be the person who's kind of like going down with the ship you know okay. like i, I want to like you want to ride that out yeah i want to create the show i want to create the universe and then i want to be kind of the the kind of it, like not the be all end all, but like the person who's res- ultimately responsible, the person who takes responsibility that says, these are the creative decisions and how we came to them. These are the staffing decisions and how we put this together. And ultimately it's the person who has the vision of the, the who sees the big, big picture of a television show, which is basically its own company, its own sort of ecosystem. Yeah. Was Eastsiders your first show that you ever like, I guess, started independently and wrote independently yourself? It wasn't the first one I tried to do, but it's the okay. first one that stuck, if that makes sense. That, I had a that couple makes of sense. false starts. I, I, a, a I can lot imagine. Of, usually have a burner show, you know? like oh, that Is one your burner show out. out there for us to find right now? No, it is not. We, we hid that one? Yeah, that one's pretty well <laughs> hidden. It's, there's actually a, quite a story behind it. Um, when I first moved to L.A., my roommate from boarding school sort of quickly revealed himself to be a pathological liar who faked having cancer. Okay, that sounds kind of fucked up. It was a lot, and I had a lease with this individual. I was living him with him for a year, and we had already kind of committed to write and produce this web series together, which is kind of web series, the web series. It's the web series everybody has the brilliant idea to make when they first get to L.A. about a group of struggling actors. Oh, well, we're all try- always struggling. Trying you know? to make something of their lives, but they're losers. So, like, I did sort of write web series, the web series, um, and it quickly became clear that he, although he had gone to USC, he did not have a film degree from USC, which is what he had told me that he had. So when we sat down to edit the footage, he didn't know how. And I was like, great. I Plus was, he still had cancer, right? Yeah, no, yeah. He had, he, that was a uh, past tense. I don't okay. think he would have successfully tricked me into thinking he had cancer while we were living together. Got but it. I was in college across the country in New York and so when he showed up to my dorm with no hair I assumed it was because of cancer yeah. treatment not because he just shaved it he and he had a Britney it. moment right yeah <laughs> so it quickly became clear that that project was never getting finished it was just a waste of a few thousand dollars and that was sort of my burner project. especially in college nonetheless like yeah. that's not 
It's not no not money. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it was it was money I had to work for and save. You know. Yeah. What's your in game, John? What do you? Yeah, be John, tell us. <laughs> Some version of what I'm getting to do right now, I get to make really cool stuff and bring my friends together and people who I really admire together to make really cool stuff. And whether it's as a producer or writer or director or actor, I just really love to collaborate. And right now I'm getting to do a bunch of cool gay stuff specifically, which I really love. It's really fun and I like being a part of putting that stuff out there in the world. Tell them what you do. Hmm? Q Digital and all that great stuff. Yeah, so right now my full-time day job is at this company, Q Digital, which owns the websites Queerty and LGBTQ Nation and Gay Cities. Oh, I didn't know they owned all that. Yeah. Oh. So I do video content and events and social media and marketing. It's a very, like... (laughs) So uh, you organize, like, the content that they're going to put out there then? Uh, yes, though I'm not on the editorial team. Okay. So content meaning video and Instagram. Like you come up with the concepts? Yeah, yeah. So the whole company gets together to pitch ideas to brands, and then brands will come on board or not come on board. And then once we get something greenlit, we'll make it. Like my greatest achievement right now that I'm so proud of is this series of videos that I created with Trixie Mattel. I saw one of those. That was fire. The first one is out. It's about a 1950s housewife who's on prep. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for two more very exciting editions. Sounds amazing. Also starring so that's like the perfect example of like oh my god i can't believe i get to do this this that's a pretty awesome job Mm -hmm. i came up with this idea and someone was like yes we'll give you money to do that would you say (laughs) you find it hard to work with brands because you're gay i think it it kind of goes both ways you know because sometimes it uh makes these partnerships kind of immediately understandable like they want to reach out to you specifically in your demographic like no one can steal your spotlight kind of because you're like the token ish well no i mean more oh you mean just in terms of like getting those opportunities yeah no i think it's a huge advantage to be lgbt right now in terms of getting your foot in the door of brand partnerships Mm -hmm. and also like a num- having a, uh, a your follower count as an LGBT person, it's understood that you're in a niche demographic. Whereas, like, if you're going to be like participating in kind of the Olympics of Instagram influencer shit as a straight cisgendered white man, you the need competitions a little you, bit harder. You need I guess, millions. You think yeah, you it. need millions of followers yeah. versus thousands of followers you know so i think in that sense it's easier to get your foot in the door but there's a very very clear and obvious ceiling yeah you know like we we all know that like largely lgbt influencers cap out at around a million unless they're famous for something else yeah you got to be on shows you got to be like yeah a yeah. drag queen. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's harder to break through to the next level, I think, if you're LGBT. There are a lot of barriers to that for actors, for Instagram influencers, across the broad spectrum of entertainment. I think that the problem is that a lot of the gatekeepers, uh, people like casting directors, lower-level executives, things of that nature, um, are not necessarily homophobic, but they have a dearth of imagination. Yeah, they, they definitely they see yeah. you as one very specific thing, one box that they can check, and they have difficulty understanding that you can do more than just that one thing. Yeah, like we're more than just like a gay activist, if you want to call it. Yeah, that, I'm right? more than just dicks and butts. Yeah, you guys. well, I mean, my account's pretty butts, but <laughs> <laughs> you get it. <laughs> what about you, though, John? So, like, when you work with a brand, is it hard to like pitch them about a concept about like using drag queens 
in a storyline, for example? Like, are there ever brands that are like, oh, this isn't really on brand for us because it's drag, for example? Sometimes it can be a little challenging because I think they'll like the idea theoretically, but then they don't understand it in the same way that our community does. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's... there's, You can be... a straight woman and think that you know drag race and why drag race is cool but your relationship to drag race might be different than our relationship to drag race i yeah. think so it, like, i think there can be well some... especially at this time because drag race is so i don't know how to word it but it's almost like equivalent to the bachelor uh-huh and the sense <laughs> that it's kind of like i don't want to say the term predictable but it's kind of just very like you know kind of what's coming yeah. where it's like now so pop cultureized that it's not really like as authentic as it used to be. It's simultaneously The Bachelor and The Super Bowl at the same time. Yeah, I don't get yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I do think there's stuff lost in translation and I do find myself being like, you should trust my interpretation of this situation because I'm the gay guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you're hiring us, that's why you're working with this gays company. Gays know everything. Like, <laughs> you wanted gay experts, you wanted expert gays, here we are. <laughs> I like to think so. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Eastsiders, right? So how did you come up with the storyline? Was that like related to something personal you went through or like... Where does, like, an infidelity gay couple come from? It's so funny. Everybody thinks that season one is autobiographical, and it's not at I all. mean, how could you not, though, you no. know? Well, we've never cheated on each other. I've never been cheated on by anybody, to my knowledge. It's just, I'm just too hot to get cheated. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm, probably, I'm fucking kidding. I'm like, must it's be nice. I'm just going to go on. off myself off this balcony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my shit. Well, it also helps, like, having been in the same committed relationship for 13 years now, you know, coming up on 13 years, I haven't had as many opportunities to be cheated cheated on because I got snacked uh, snacked up snatched snatched up yeah snacked up pretty young as I (laughs) stare at salt and vinegar trash potatoes oh man I would never (laughs) you have Mountain Dew and Monster too (laughs) no (laughs) but you know I got snacked up when I was 22 so I'd only been in a couple of relationships before John I was a little bit of a serial monogamous. I, I dated for like six months and then kind of called it. You were like exploring one. your options. Well, I was just like, all right, I know that this isn't, I see the end to this. I, yeah. I see how this story ends. And so I'm going to kind of, I'm very preoccupied with narrative. So I, I'm going to move on before this becomes a bad story. And we're just going to leave yeah. having like dated each other for a nice amount of time and having been a good presence in each other, other's lives. So I did that like three times in college. And then I met John and I was like, oh yeah, this story doesn't end. You guys met in college? College? He was in college. I'm a little oh, older. He Daddy. was rocking the cradle. Yeah, so he used to check me into his dorm room with a very like unofficial looking yellow post-it note. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I went to Fordham University for undergrad. It's a Jesuit school, and they were like very militant about like sign in, sign outs, and overnights <laughs> and things of that nature. But did you have a roommate? Um, I did, but not in my room at the time. Yeah, I think you had two twin beds pushed together. I did. Oh, so you just like. Would bang in a dorm room and <laughs> cute. <laughs> Overlooking Lincoln Center. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah, in yeah, theory, yeah. I guess that sounds really romantic. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Can't light cute. candles because those are open flame violations. Yeah, I actually in my dorm we used to put a um sandwich bag over it filled with paper towels because it would like cover the smoke. Because my roommate was a huge stoner, so I would like come home from class and they'd all be just like 
hotboxing my dorm room. Great. So I always smelled like I was a huge stoner, but like in reality, I'm the worst smoker ever. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. Really? I, you have kind of like I'm a, a little bit of a vibe. I'm a tweaky ass bitch. No, but you have like a vibe that you might end the night with a bowl. I, if you want me to throw up. Do you want to know a surprising fact about me? Oh, let's hear that. I'm a huge stoner. Is I that, love it. Is that surprising? Well, maybe for is. other people it's surprising, well, I but I would never. I have never... a reputation for being a little too intense, I think. So, like, to know that I, like, in the night, real chill, man, with vibes, man, oh, is surprising that's... to people. What are our thoughts on edibles? Love them? I love them, but it's, like, way too easy to overdo it. So you have to proceed with caution, particularly in public. What yeah, about you? Be, I love them. It can be danger zone, especially gummies, because I just want to eat an entire bag of gummies. And yeah. then you're in the situation where you're supposed to eat half the head of a gummy bear, and you're like, this doesn't seem You're like, satisfying. that was not on the instructions. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like, have you ever made homemade edibles? I've never, but I, I think I would be down for that. Do you think you'd be good at making them, though? Maybe. I mean, he's the baker. I do love to bake. I have a KitchenAid mixer. Have you made homemade I edibles? I have not. I should. This is like 101. I feel like what college kid hasn't made homemade edibles? It's true, though. Now we live in Los Angeles. Where we're very spoiled. because You spoiled. could just like get the... There's yeah. a store on every corner. Are you like MedMen, boys? Love mm-hmm. MedMen, yes. MedMen's the man. Mm-hmm. I actually just got a pack of... Um, it's called Kiva. You heard of them? Yeah. So I just got a thing of gummies from them, and I'm, like, making it a point that I'm going to try this again and hope it goes well. <laughs> Be cautious with those edibles, though, because sometimes if I'm in public, they can really put me in my own head. Well, okay, you want to hear, like, the most embarrassing edible story you'll probably ever hear in your life? Yes. I was probably 20, and we were on our way to Panama City for spring break in college, and everybody was like, I made brownies, like, let's all take these edibles before the plane. Never taken an edible before in my life. So I was like, okay, like, I'm just gonna down this brownie. Didn't know if I should eat the whole one, half of a brownie, but I ate the whole brownie. Didn't feel anything. Get on the plane. We start taking off. And all of a sudden, I just feel like my body was, like, sinking into the chair. And I was like, I'm gonna die here. Like, I can't move. (laughs) And so then they come around to, like, do the water, and I couldn't even move my mouth at this point. And the woman was like, honey, are you like, I probably must have been pale or green. <laughs> like, I don't know why no one checked on me, but they were also probably so fucked up. And I was like, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. And she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I can't see and I can't breathe. <laughs> and she's like, what's wrong? I was like, can I tell you a secret? And I was like, I took an edible before this plane and I don't know what to do. She literally dropped down the oxygen mask for me, and I sat on the plane with an oxygen mask around my head, like white trash. (laughs) What list are you on? And then I realized, like, I should never do edibles. (laughs) There's like a no-fly list. There's like a suspected terrorist FBI watch list, and then there's a trash list. Yeah, (laughs) careful. It's right, right under the salt and vinegar chips. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe we'll all try a nice. Kiva gummy together yes. and I'll redeem myself. Yes, please. We'll only bite the head <laughs> and then get other gummies to eat in the mix of it yeah. because you need a munch. Supplemental gummies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what would you guys, so back to Eastsiders. So you came up, Kit, you came up with the whole concept, you wrote it, and then John, did you play a part in this? 
I do literally play a part. I play Ian. Well, you play a part, yes. And then yes. I'm also an executive producer on it. And then we both have done a million jobs on it, from making lasagna and chili to doing the makeup to finding, like, medical professional wardrobe pieces to building sets Ooh. to begging places to let us shoot there. Yeah, we run so without a lot like of, like, So this is, like, everything heads. you've come up with then. Like, literally, yeah, like... I wrote you... every episode of the show for the first three seasons and directed every episode of the show. But in season four, we have mm. two writers actually that aren't me and one guest director uh, both of whom are actors on the show Bria Grant who plays Bree wrote and directed an episode and Stephen Guarino who plays Quincy um, wrote an episode amazing so is there going to be an, a season 5 hell no we're done we're done <laughs> we are done for and done I, I really feel like we're leaving the narrative in a satisfying place I think good stories have endings and also uh, we cannot continue to kind of like rally the troops and bring together this group of people to shoot in this format anymore everybody's too successful too busy too old and over it like it's just such a huge well this project's been for how long seven years almost that's a long time it's a long ass time and yeah. everybody's kind of like graduated us included to kind of a different echelon of projects where you make more money and you you know have a a trailer, things of that nature, <laughs> you know. So I, I get you're it. not getting get ready it. on the side of the road exactly. in like a high chair, exactly. <laughs> um, and I feel like uh, leaving it, at least leaving this format behind, is the right thing. It's the right time. Doesn't mean I'm done with the characters forever. Yeah. Um, never say never. In fact, I actually launched a Patreon to support the creation of other queer projects like Eastsiders. Mm -hmm. Patreon.com forward slash Kit Williamson. And yeah. if I cross a certain threshold, I actually will write an Eastsiders movie. I have a really fun idea for one. So okay, things like that, the Eastsiders universe may not be done forever, but six half hours of independently produced television shot in our living room. This is No our way, it was shot in your living room? A lot of it, yeah. The characters of Tom and Cal live in our apartment. That's super impressive. So you can kind of track like the evolution of our furniture as we go from like <laughs> thrift store 25-year-old St. Vincent de Paul couch with a giant rip in it in season one to like a beautiful couch from interior to fine in season That was four. like donated. No, I totally get <laughs> we it. We grow yeah. up a little bit. We grow up. You're and adulting. The characters grow. We're adulting. The characters are adulting. The characters have had a pretty big glow up in between each season. It's a, one of the most commonly commented about things as people are live tweeting or watching is like whoa there was a glow up between season one and I mean season seven two. years that's a long time you know I hope I glow up in seven years you right glow I don't know up and my hair alone was enough to like create an arc that's you an do arc. have great hair though oh thank you but I did not when it, the show started season one he was also shooting mad men so he had no control over his hair it was not my fault that I what had was a, wrong with your hair it was just like I had a kind of like 70s swoop comb like over. a Justin Bieber kind of thing a little bit more but more mod less like cool than that okay. not that that's cool but like you, you know, looked like a stoner back then it, it was I played like a nerd in an office mm. so it wasn't like the goal was for me to have an awesome period haircut yeah. I had like a loser haircut from the 1960s that's that's kind of rough mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah not cute Okay, so I want to separate you two, and I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and then I want to see if your questions line up or if you guys talk shit about Should each other. I go into this 
see-through I feel shower. like you should go. We're at a hotel, hotel room right now, and there's a hilarious slut shower. I think the shower is like, actually beautiful. Okay, great. I'll, I'll go into the slut yeah, shower. Like, I'm really here for the slut shower. And so you can see into the shower entirely from the bedroom. Try to keep your clothes on. I know it's tempting, do my but, like... best. But yeah. I, and that's the only way to soundproof if I turn on the shower. Yeah. But, but you can also, from, like, five buildings from outside also look into the shower so it's like a fully exposed situation wait i think if somebody like decided to have sex in that room right there we would totally see yeah that's true that's beautiful okay so my first questions are gonna be for john and these are gonna be all about kit okay so what is your biggest pet peeve that kit does on a regular basis well, it's hard to pick just one. But I can something only imagine. He does on a regular basis that drives me crazy is he'll just undress as he walks through the house and just leave clothes as he goes. So there'll Got be it. a bathrobe here. There'll be socks over there. There's five pairs of shoes here, pants on a lamp. And she doesn't pick it up. Does not pick it up. I run uh, behind like, please, could we put it away? I'll, pu- <laughs> I'll put it away for you. Oh, okay. I'll fold this too. Oh, yeah. That drives me a little nuts. So you're like housewife more than he is more than he is yes yeah got it q okay um at what point did you realize kit was going to be the one for you um very early on i really just kind of assumed that he would be i think the first time i said i love you to him was when um I was doing Urban Cowboy the Musical in Long Island and my parents came out to see the show and my sister came out to see the show and he came out and that was the first weekend that he hung out with my whole family. And I just really felt like that was it. So that Sunday night we all drove back from Long Island together and he and I were in Astoria at the end of the day just kind of like reflecting on this really special sweet weekend with my family and that's when I said I love you. And that's like for you saying I love you meant like... I'm probably going to marry you. At that time, it did. I was pretty... I did think that we would be together. Yes. Even though, like, you couldn't get married back then, but, like... No. And I guess I will say, too, at the time, I really wanted the right to get married politically, but it wasn't something that I was, like, pining to do personally. Got it. I thought it was very important, like, we should have that option, but I wasn't like, I need to get married now. Yeah, you were just like, I'm down with this long-term commitment. Yes. And then it was later in the relationship, when we moved across the country multiple times together, that I was finally like, we should really sign some paperwork. That's cute. Make this official. Yeah, you guys, I feel like, got married, like, what, right away, once it became legal, didn't you? 2016. Okay, so yeah, because it was like 2015 when it came out, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sexually, what is your favorite physical attribute about Kit? He's got a great ass. That's always a good start. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is a hidden talent that most people don't know Kit has? He's a great cook. I don't know if a lot of people know that. I thought you're the baker. I'm the baker. He's the cook, though. He makes oh, the actual meals. Yeah, oh. you can come to me for cookies and go to him for uh, stir fry. Okay, that's romantic. <laughs> okay, so you're more like my speed then. I probably want to eat his food. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, where is the most memorable place you guys have ever had sex or hooked up? Um, maybe the pier in Fire Island. 
maybe. The like, pier in like Fire the, Island, like, like on the dock? Like on the dock, yeah. Oh, that's romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Were there people around or no? No, it was it was like sunrise. Okay. That's End of the night. Mm-hmm. Kind of even more romantic. Mm-hmm. So you watch the sunrise having sex on a dock. We did. We did that once. Hmm. I might add that to my list now. <laughs> I've never done that. It's so summer. Like, Get, yeah. No sliver on your ass? No. Unscathed. Mm. No complaints. Mm. Okay. All right, let's see how Bay does. All right, switch spots. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Hi, babe. I missed you so much. As if yeah, I couldn't low-key see you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, so first question for you. What is your biggest pet peeve about John? Ooh, biggest pet peeve. Peeve, how to pick just one. Um, I, I'm gonna say... I know, he's so perfect. It's cooking related. Oh. Um, if we're ever, like... Usually I cook and he does the dishes. And if he's ever left to his own devices about putting up anything, like, um, that is perishable, he will always put one usually expensive thing that needs to go in the fridge in the cupboard instead, and I'll find it the That's next like time. That's, like, 101. It's 101, but I'll find it the next time I go to cook, and I'll be like, well, this dressing now is it's completely ruined. ruined, and it was $10 from Whole Foods, and I bought like, it. Like, who raised it? you? Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cute. Okay, so at what point did you realize John was the one for you? Oh, gosh, pretty much right away. Um... I had an inkling the first night we met, um, and we pretty much immediately kind of fell into a real relationship rather than just sort of like a casual thing. Um, Literally a month after we started dating, I was going to move out of the dorms, which we were talking about earlier, and I just kind of, it wasn't even like a debate. I was like, well, obviously I'm going to move out to Astoria and be next to John. Yeah. So I'm really glad he wasn't freaked out by that, that we literally like went to. Because this was literally after a month. It was a month afterwards. I was like, so I'm going to be your neighbor. And I that's... feel like in real world, that would be psychotic. Like yeah. if that happened right now and someone's like, hey, I'm going to just casually get an apartment, I'd literally, I'd <laughs> block you. I'd run <laughs> so fast. Yeah. But it worked out great. He helped me get an apartment. We went to like all of the uh, little realtors on 30th Avenue in a store. Um, which the way New York real estate works is very bizarre, particularly Astoria. You go to a weird little storefront and then you drive around and some woman named Tanya's little <laughs> Mazda as you go to different places and she screams at you in Greek. That's pretty much finding an apartment in Astoria. Um, and then I would say, I mean, like the real moment where I was like, oh yeah, it was actually our second or third date, depending on when you count our first date, it's in contention because I like to count this as our third date because it's when I went home with him. It oh, was that's his- like... You held off? Yeah. Third date? Oh, she's yeah. classy. Well, I say it was third date. He said it was the second date. I count the first night that we met, which is not a date, and I understand that, but I count it. So <laughs> third date, um, we I go, uh, it's his birthday, and I thought that that was like a pretty big deal, that he's introducing me to his friends and his- That's a huge deal. You know, family, because yeah. he lived with his sister and his best friend, Alexis, in Astoria. So third date, I come home with all of them for a cake. Damn. Yeah. And you got double cake. Double cake. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute, though. Okay, what is a hidden talent that most people don't know John has? Well, I mean, it's not super hidden, but I think a lot of people might be surprised to find out that he is an incredible singer. 
I'm trying to think if I'd be surprised by that. I feel like I would not be surprised. I feel like the way his voice, like his tone of voice, like makes it seem like he could like hit some notes. He's got an incredible like bass voice. Um, yeah. Very like operatic and sweeping and beautiful, a, a baritone bass. And uh, he was in the gay men's chorus for a few years. Always oh. got a, always got a solo. She she did it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she should post like some singing videos on Instagram. I now. think so. I would. I would be in support of that. I feel like it could be like a cute little, mm-hmm. you know, surprise. Yeah. yeah, I've been advocating for this for a while. Okay, so what is your favorite sexual physical attribute about John? Um, I'm a big fan of his chest and his chest hair. Oh, so we're into like that. What do we call it? Would that be like an otter? No, I mean, I think he's a little bit more of a wolf. A wolf? I prefer a wolf. Okay. Like, like a wolf is an otter with a little bit of muscle. Got it. Yeah, like, like a hunky, a hunky otter. Yeah, because I, I think I like an otter, too. I love an otter. But an otter, I always think of as being defined by being, like, I think of an otter as a hairy twink, is what I think of. Okay. I, I think of, like, zero agrees. body definition. Yeah, I think you've got to be skinny. Yeah. Like, like, you're defined by, like, oh, your your signature thing is skinny. Whereas a wolf, you got some muscle, and then you're a muscle bear or a bear if you're, like, yeah, big, yeah. you know? Yeah. What would you consider yourself? I'm in between stuff. I don't really have, like, a, a good qualification because I'm actually not really hairy enough to be considered an otter or Your a chest hair seems very scarce. I've got a light, like... A, yeah, a, like, you have, like, a grazing. I've got a grazing of chest hair, but I'm not, like, um, herstute. What does that mean? It's hairy. <laughs> oh, I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> what would I be considered? I don't you're even know. You're a twink. Am I a twink? Yeah, you're a twink. I feel like I'm too old to be a twink. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the great tragedy of life, isn't it? I feel like that's I should be like uh-huh. I was once a drink as well uh, and then you age out of it and then what are you I don't who know who are you I'm in a self identity <laughs> crisis right now people say twunk but I would rather shoot my fucking face off than call myself a twunk in public like, like mean, with these animal names at least you can be like yeah I'm a thing but like I'm not a thing I, don't, I just I don't learned what a pig name. was actually which I found interesting oh. yeah I didn't realize you didn't know no I There's just thought it meant like you were a piggy bottom pig. I thought that meant like a pig like bottom and then I realized it went into like the human stenches of like I'm into armpits and this odor and that and I was like okay got it like well no I think pig is like a really broad like catch all term in like gay culture because it's like I've I've had people describe themselves as pigs to me, and then I'm like, well, what does that mean to you? And it just means, you know, I like really raw, like rough, passionate sex. And I'm like, okay. I don't think that's a Did pig. Did you need right? a name for that? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I this is like a whole different. Conversation. It means a lot of different. I think it's a word that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Is what I would say. Yeah. Like some people are like I'm a pig, and that means they want you to like shit in their mouth. That's a thing. Yes, that's the oh thing. Go God. to Germany. Have you no. ever been to Germany? I actually <laughs> haven't. But like, I hope I don't now after that. <laughs> it, is not, it is a thing. It is not my thing. I just want to go on the records in case my mother has Googled Kit Williamson Instagram. And, and she found starts today. Yeah. getting lost in the podcast world. And she's like, no. Down the rabbit hole. Down the piggy hole. Ew. Uh, okay. Last question. Where is the most memorable place you and John have had sex? The butt. Standard, standard position. <laughs> okay. Um, we were um, on a boat. We had on the, um, like, uh, uh, whatever the prowl, the, the front of the boat is. 
that. The, uh, is that called the bow? I don't know what it is. I'm not, I think the bow I'm might not be the very back. nautical. It's I, whatever the front is of the boat. So you like Titanic the boat. We Titanic the boat and we like looked out at the water. Yeah. Was this like Fire Island experience? No, we have had sex uh, in on, on Fire Island many times. Yes, but yeah. um, I'm talking specifically on a boat. Okay. I thought that was very like edgy. That is super edgy. Yeah. That's another thing I've actually never the done. Rushing waters. John's answer, I also never did either. So like I added yeah. two new things to my bucket list. Never done it in the butt. Um, I've definitely done it in the butt okay, a couple, right. only a couple times though. Yeah, you know, like not to try it out. Yeah, like and then I was just like, okay, like maybe I'll do this again, but I haven't like fully committed yet. Right, you right. know, mm-hmm. so like pending. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John, do you want to come back and play with us? Yeah. Alright, well, you both had completely different answers, which I thought was cute, um, um, but you both, like, clearly love to stare at water when you guys have sex. <laughs> like, that's, that must mean something <coughs> as we stare at this beautiful, overflowing, rained-out porch Uh-oh. that was... What's gonna happen? I don't know. Like, is this, is this a round two? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, there's uh, some standing water on this deck right now. Like they've got to have it. Like that's literally about to flood into your hotel room. It seems like it does on the regular. If you look. At that <laughs> yeah, is that mold? Ooh, Cute. Hey, lap of luxury. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to leave you two lovebirds. I need to go be a productive hoe. So I love you both and. Thanks for coming on the pod. Hey, thanks for having thanks us. For having us um, before we go, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Kit. Oh, excuse me. You can follow me at Kit Williamson on Instagram or Twitter, and you can follow the show uh, at Eastsiders TV or on Facebook, Eastsiders the Series. And you could watch it on Netflix, right? And you can watch the shit out of it on Netflix. You can also find me on Patreon.com forward slash Kit Williamson, and you can find John at John Hallback. Only on Instagram. <laughs> and Twitter. I have a Twitter. Oh, she's, she's got things to say. <laughs> I have an abandoned Snapchat. I've got it all. Yeah, I had to delete Snapchat. We got too trash. I, yeah, I don't... I I found myself, like, receiving just, like, a constant barrage. Yeah, of, of everything I never videos. wanted to see. And it was, like, clearly also not meant specifically for me. Like, it was just, like, people just have, like, a list of people that they blast out a nude yeah. to every day. And I'm like, why? And you what got list? Unsubscribe, <laughs> unsubscribe from your masturbation from your day. I don't need to be a part of this every day, dude. <laughs> and also, I don't feel special because I can tell. That yeah, because that's just a mass. Yeah. People. Be like, hold up a pencil in your next video. Yeah. <laughs> Call yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, babes. Hey.